What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, folks. Before we throw it to today's episode, I would just like to take a quick moment and ask you for a huge, huge favor. Bridie and I have an opportunity to take this podcast to the next level and uh, gain some sponsors for the show. But before we can do that, we need a little bit of information from you. So if you wouldn't mind, take one minute of your day, head on over to survey.libsyn.com slash turn me on. That's S-U-R-V-E-Y dot l-i-b-s-y-n dot com slash turn me on and there's a little survey there it will literally take you less than a minute it's about eight questions and if each and every one of you filled that out today it would be a massive help for us so uh, do it if you love us and if you hate us then tell everyone you know not to do it and on with the show talk about some sex yeah let's do it let's do it let's do it really quickly because it's past our bedtime and i just came out of an amazing massage which i was like trying to stay awake for yeah mm-hmm. what, did you ask for the happy ending um no i it's funny because i think i had something going on with my neck that i'm pretty sure is going on because of blowjobs and Jesus. I, I'm just like, 
I don't, I feel like... How um, are you giving your blowjobs? Apparently aggressively. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe a a little too much hair pulling maybe involved. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Got it. My neck hurts. Is is that what the massage therapist said? (laughs) It looks like your hair is being pulled a lot by the the tension in your neck here. No, uh, she was like, did you wake up with an injury? And I was like, "Ah, well, I was camping. um, So I did have a crick in my neck from that. And I just totally, I probably could have been straight up and said... I think it's a blowjob injury, but I didn't, didn't, I work with her, so I didn't really want right. to do that. Yeah. Um, well, now she's going to listen to this and go, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. She was like, it's really weird what's going on. And there's like this strange pattern. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> That's the noise you made? Mm. Mm, interesting. Um, okay. Well, then uh, let's speed right through this. Okay. Uh, I also went camping. I was camping this weekend. Actually, I think I should take a moment to, uh, first off, say thank you so damn much uh, to the people, the lovely people who threw, uh, who put together Folly Fest this year. Mm. So Becca and I did our first little camping trip. I know you and, and uh, your boyfriend, who shall not be named, have gone on a couple of camping trips. Mm-hmm. Um, Becca, did our, Becca and I did our first one, but we did it at a music festival called... Folly Fest, which takes place in New Brunswick. And basically, for you, Bridie, and for everybody who doesn't know what that is, it's like a super hippie fest in uh, in a very small town in New Brunswick. It's a really small festival. Um, I don't know how many. I'm guessing like maybe a thousand people. Oh, that's pretty small. Yeah. Um, but like some really amazing uh, shows. Um Ben Kaplan played a really amazing show there. Got the it. Hypochondriacs, um, a whole bunch of awesome artists and food vendors and, you know, like that whole thing. And, um, man, you know, it was really neat. So we're there having an amazing time. It was this fucking like beautiful love fest down there. Uh, but I had so many people run up to me and tell me how much they love our podcast. Oh, that's cool. It was like all the horniest people in the Atlantic Canada just like showed up at Folly Fest and they were all fans of Termion. I feel like we probably like the percentage of our fans that live and hashtag van life is probably pretty high. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably pretty high. Um, But uh, here's another crazy thing. Someone who is a fan of the show. She came up and uh, I was introduced to her and her name is Ghislaine. No. And she fucking loved the fact that we use Guy and Ghislaine as like our anonymous names on the oh show. Oh my God, I would have laughed right in her face. It was really she- funny. She was like, I don't know any other Ghislaine's. And so I, someone <laughs> put me onto your podcast when you guys started using Ghislaine. And I was like, we've, Ghislaine, we've fucked and you've waxed my asshole. And oh uh, she thought that was really funny. Oh, I get it. Right. Yeah. The, the faceless Ghislaine. Yes, the every right. woman. Yeah, she had a face. She was uh, actually quite pretty, oh. uh, Ghislaine. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a bunch of other people. They 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 knew Becca. Like someone had said, uh, someone was like, Jeremy, I love your podcast. And I was like, cool, this is Becca. And they're like, I know Becca. I'm a huge fan. And oh, Becca, wow. Becca was like just so fucking like shy and tickled by yeah, it. just tickled pink so anyway everybody who was at folly fest um and who helped make that event run uh, you guys fucking rock and i can't wait to go next year and uh yeah what a fucking great time so i wonder if we're gonna have that happening to us um 
when we go on our family vacation tomorrow. Yeah. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been a fan and you've been listening to the show for a while, then you know that it wasn't so many weeks ago that Brady and I were kind of joking about talking about going on a polyamorous family vacation mm-hmm. with myself, Brady, Becca, and once was known as Guy, but now is dead, but is still living, Brady's boyfriend, who shall not be named. <laughs> uh, we are going on an actual poly family vacation yeah. today. We That's leave today. Right. That's right, we do. Wow. We're going to drive to Prince Edward Island. Mm-hmm. Where I'm from. Where you're from. And we're going to meet some of your family. Yeah. I mean, I've met them. Yeah. But Becca's going to meet them and uh, Guy, who shall not be named, will meet them. It's funny because the the key person who um, initiated this really was my sister, my older sister, who's a huge um, a huge uh, a supporter of our relation, a huge mm-hmm. champion of our marriage and always has been and um, has worked with me through a lot of stuff and you through a lot of stuff and we've had a lot that's gone down and she she's, she called she, me up. Yeah, she's like my sister too, you know, yeah, like she's course. a sister to me. Of course. So she called me up a couple of weeks ago, maybe more. She's on PEI for the summer. Typically she lives in British Columbia and she called me up. She's got a show there and... Um, she was just like, you know, I know family is off limits right now in your boundaries with uh, with the whole poly thing, because Jeremy, you and I have had a thing where we're okay to hang out socially with each other's friends and stuff, but like introducing to family is another step. Mm-hmm. And um, she was just like, I know that's kind of beyond your boundaries right now, but as this very important person in your life, um, I'm putting in a request to meet these people that are becoming really important in your lives. And so, so we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen uh, today. We're, we're going up in two separate cars because yeah. we're bringing some, some pups with us. Yeah. Um, and we're all going to stay in the same house. Yeah. So I was, it's funny because when we were going to go in one car, um, we were, yeah. I was like, well, both of the men want to be the drivers. I already know this is happening, so we're going to take a vehicle, and do we just put them both? This is my organization. On. We'll just put them both on the front seat, I guess? Well, Becca gets car sick, so she would have to sit in the front. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, well, all right. anyway, we're taking two vehicles. And Jeremy drives. Okay? <laughs> Jeremy just drives. I can't picture you not driving. Um, yeah, so we're going to take two cars up. We're going to take our pups, and uh, we're going to stay in the same house. Now, here's the thing about the house is the house itself is three bedrooms. Yeah. But then there's a separate apartment upstairs. Shotgun. Okay, but here's the thing. Dibs on the apartment. So, is it weirder for me to stay in the house with my boyfriend and my sister and you and Becca to stay in the apartment or is it to me that makes most sense more than you and Becca staying in the house with my sister and my boyfriend and I being in the apartment yeah that's that's to me that's weirder the only thing that that goes with that is keeping the pups well then the two dogs stay with the two of us up in the apartment yeah okay yeah 
Okay, I'm open to that. Yeah, because that's weird to me. That, I feel like that would be weird if I if I was in in the house in the, in the same apartment with your sister, but what? you were off. I get what you're saying, but there was a part of me that was thinking like, how would I feel? And maybe I don't know. I was thinking maybe you might feel a little territorial. Me, <laughs> territorial. <laughs> your sister's name is Tara. Uh, um, would I feel? You think yeah, me, Jeremy? Like, like it might be nice for you to be the one in closest proximity to her. No, I think that's fine. Yeah, I think yeah, that's okay. no. I don't know. I just like it's all in the same fucking house. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. I don't know. I think that that's fine. I love that we're literally hashing this out right now. Yeah. Like, we haven't talked about this. Yeah, no, this is good. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool I'm with that. I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah, me too. I'm but, glad you were all here for this talk. <laughs> but I do also have another point to make, which is that Becca has hung out with your friends quite a bit. And um, Becca has met your parents now. And yeah, which actually was kind of a mistake. Yeah. That wasn't that. that wasn't something that we meant to do. Uh, my parents were at a live show for Sick Boy that Bridie couldn't attend, but mm-hmm. Becca was there. Mm-hmm. And, and then I realized as we were all there, I was like, oh, fuck. If I don't tell my parents that this is who Becca is, yeah, then my parents are going to be like, "What? who's that girl Jeremy is kissing on all night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I got to introduce them. This is so weird. It's funny because um, she texted me. Becca texted me when it happened. Yeah. yeah, she was like, I wish you were here. Yeah, I know. And I had wished I was there too. And that was something that we had been talking about too, which we don't have to get into right now, but we never really had a proper coming out conversation no, with your family. We didn't. Or mine, I guess. I mean, we just kind of told them it was happening. And yeah, I, I kind of had one with my sister myself. Okay. But again, with you, yeah. not not present. Like, we haven't done that. And yeah. we, we haven't done that with my parents. No. But I, I they get it. I think they get it. I think they get it. I just don't, you know, I think that they might worry. They yeah. might worry. And again, as like people, this has been one of my concerns all along, even with um, our friends is like, we have these groups of people that have really supported our relationship from the beginning. Like we invited 300 people to our wedding and they all mm-hmm. showed up and they all said, yeah, we'll stand here and say that we'll support these people in their relationship. And then, and then just... And then just recklessly including other people in our lives without, you know, giving our friends and family the opportunity to ask any questions that mm-hmm. they had and not be worried. That's been something we've been working through for a couple of years, but it might be interesting for those of you who are listening who are kind of rolling this polyamory thing around in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that you don't really consider until you're in it. And then even then, it's like, how do you, how do you juggle it? Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this weekend or this, this trip. I'm really... I'm excited too, but I just want to manage expectations. You know that my dad just shows up out of the blue. Oh, yeah. Unexpected, like he has some weird. Okay, because that could happen. It's going to be super crazy. Okay, great. I can't wait. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, let's move right along. This is going to be a long arse episode. I'm really excited for today's guest. But before we get there, uh, we had some some brain boners. Mm hmm. Some people wrote in. Yeah, yeah. What do you got there, Brad? So what I have is a letter, an a, a, an anonymous letter from a gee, um, <clears throat> not my gee. Hello, Jeremy and Bridie. My girlfriend and I have been listening to your podcast every week, and to say, first off. We appreciate the way you approach sex with respect and humor. We also really enjoy that you're from Halifax and like to hear you talk about people and places we know. Yeah, because everybody is a gossip. Okay. 
On to our brain boner. We've been dating for over two years now and have always joked about adding someone else to the bedroom, but never really took it seriously until recently when we started listening to Turn Me On. Thanks for giving us the balls to admit we want to try it. Heyo. We've been trying the same approach as you, Jeremy, and Becca did using Tinder to try and find an interested female to join us with little success. It seems like we always choke or don't know how to bring it up once we are talking to someone. And that brings me to my question. What advice do you have for two people who are trying to approach someone for the first time to have a threesome? And what sorts of things should we talk about prior to it happening, i.e. boundaries, likes, dislikes, etc., to ensure that it is 90% fun and only 10% awkwardness like you talk about so often. Um, thanks again for facilitating so much open dialogue about sex. Keep up the good work. We hope to see your next live show. Cheers, Guy. Thanks, Guy. Yeah, thanks, Guy. Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think you just got to go for it, really. Like, I, I he didn't really say what the what approach they're taking via Tinder, like the, the social media of dating apps. Um, but like the approach that Beck and I took was very upfront. Like in my bio, it just says like full disclosure, looking for someone to join me on a date with my girlfriend. Mm. And Becca says, you know, the same thing. I don't think in those words specifically, I think it was a little more playful and flirty, but like, that's what it said. And, um, actually straight up, like I, I, I had matched, with someone and the first thing that they said to me was um hey just curious are you looking to have a threesome and i responded with yep that's that's it and that led to cool i'm interested in that how where do we take it from here yeah so i think i think if you're not doing that on the on Tinder, definitely, put definitely just put it in your fucking bio. So that takes care of the like, how do I bring it up? Well, it's in your bio. I remember when you and I got on Tinder, your profile for a while said, ask me about my wife. That worked like a charm. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good one. Uh, yeah, it worked like a charm on two, for two, like on two ends. It weed, weeded out the people that really didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah. And then, and then it really brought out the people who were curious about it. Yeah. So I think that that's a, that's a huge, a huge thing. Um, and then I, I think the other thing is just like, go on dates with each other. Mm-hmm. With the task of of approaching somebody that you see that you find is cute, you and I did that one time. We texted a girl way early on that we had kind of been spotting in public a little bit uh, back when we were both on PEI. I won't say her name. I don't remember this one. Yeah, yeah, she was a friend of a friend. What's her name? Rhyme with? Um, oh, I remember <laughs> this. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I started texting her. You know, what do you think about Jeremy? And mm-hmm. she's like, mm, what do you mean? And I was yeah. like, you know, are you? Because I can tell he thinks you're really attractive and maybe the three of us. And she just ghosted, just ghosted. me. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, you're going to get that. Yeah. Like it's, it's it, it especially with, with something like, um, something like this situation where it's you and your girlfriend or you and your significant other. Yeah. Some people are going to look at that and go, Whoa, what the fuck? That's so weird. No, I don't want anything to do with that. Some people are going to look at it and go, I get what you're doing. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to look at it and go, absolutely. Let me like dive in the middle. Yeah. And then some people are going to be just curious about it. So like, 
you just have to uh, expect to be declined, mm-hmm. anticipate being shut down, mm-hmm. um, but know that there's people out there who like our friend Craig, who just love being the third, yeah. you know, um, like our friend that Becca and I had our first threesome with. That's her jam. She loves doing that. Yeah. So um, they do, those people do exist. And I think it's just kind of, it's being, it's just being upfront and being really confident in, in what it is that you're going for and being so okay with being told no. Right. And I think the date part for you guys was really important in talking about your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that, that, that they actually, uh, a lot of the boundaries came out. So talking again, personal experience with Becca and I. A lot of the boundaries came out before the date. Mm-hmm. And that was something that Becca broached. She was like, you know, she she basically laid out like, hey, here's the thing. I call Jeremy daddy. If right. you call him daddy, shit's over yeah. like right away. Like those kinds of things. She just lays it out there. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions? And often a question we'll get is like, sure. What's the, like, can I sleep over? And then we say... That's well, a big one. Whatever I, we say, right? Like, yeah. we'll we'll play it by ear or whatever. But, um, you know, as as long as the couple, like, you know, Guy and uh, Guy Len there, they have their, <laughs> their boundaries set for each other. Yeah. Um, that's something that's that's just, I think, I think that's a lot easier to bring up once the the heated conversation has started and, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, the, the seed has been planted. Um, you know, it's just like the, have you been tested? When was the last time you were tested? Just... Yeah. Drop it and the people the person that you're talking to more than likely will just respect the fact that you yeah. you brought it up. Yeah. And I I've heard this and I've only seen it in my personal experience and in Jeremy's personal experience separate from me, which is I think it might be a really good idea to let the woman of the couple lead the conversation mm-hmm. for whatever reason that might be it seems to be uh the most effective in terms of everyone feeling like they're being taken care of yeah and yeah and actually what's what's worked really well for becca and i is uh becca sort of leads the conversation um and then and then from there we start a group chat Mm -hmm. like this so the conversation is always kind of um in the open for everyone to see right um, uh, for example, right now we're starting to pursue somebody else. Yeah. Um, and it's someone that I actually know from, from my past. Um, and so the way that we did that was I broached the subject to this friend of mine. And as soon as she expressed interest, I said, cool, here's Becca's number, shoot her a text. And then I just let them have like a, a good long conversation and let Becca do what she wants with that. And then from there, we'll start a little group chat. Right. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is it's different for everybody. Like Bridie, you and I, we did it very differently. Yeah. But we were in a very different situation. Yeah. Like we would usually sleep with the people that I had already had a relationship with. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and that worked for me. And the thing is, you might not know what your likes and dislikes are until you're in the moment. So just knowing that you have a connection with your partner to be able to say or not say, not have to say, I'm not comfortable right now, like to have a signal or something that is strictly yours that says like, you know, whatever's happening right now mm-hmm. needs to shift in some way. And Yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those tough things. It's like... How do you ask someone out on a date? I don't know. You people, just do it. Yeah. Babies got made for many, many years. That's right. Because yeah. people kept getting asked on dates. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think that's I think that's it mm-hmm. for for us. Let's throw it to this week's episode. Uh, we chat with our new friend Travis. Really grateful to meet Travis at so our live nice. show. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh and have him be so psyched to yeah. come talk with us. And not only is he a fantastic uh, conversationalist, but he's also a rad barber. So if you want to mm. get uh, touched up and looking real fine, head on down to St. Louis Barbershop here in <laughs> Halifax and ask for Travis. Um, hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did. Or behind you? No, that table will f- go tits up, mm. and that r- wine and coffee will go. I everywhere. didn't know that that table had tits. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. I have. <laughs> Can you milk me? That's, that's the first thing that comes into mind. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get this show on the fucking road. Mm-hmm. What's up, Travis? What's up, buddy? Not much. Uh, just hanging out, you know, hanging out in our. Can we name this the studio? Can we name it something? The murder den? Oh, for fuck's oh. sake. That sounds <laughs> <No>? awful. <laughs> the dungeon? The, mm, I getting think a little, a little we, warmer. We can't name it on the spot like that. Yeah, I, no. We need some time to think about it. That's a lot of pressure. Right. If there's anybody out there listening who has uh, suggestions for what we could name our little, our little uh, sex pocket here. How about the sex pocket? Mm-hmm. I just I made that sex up. Po- it's, it oh, sounds with yeah. a pocket. Po- I don't like pocket. Pocket's weird. Yeah, yeah I know. It's a little weird. The sex pouch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, send us your your uh, your suggestions. The we- image that comes into mind with sex pouch is like a Tarzan looking man with like a leather satchel wrapped around his waist, like <laughs> like a tool belt. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the sex pouch. And there's like a special powder in it that he takes out and he sprinkles on people. And <laughs> that sounds real. Uh, Rapey. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the sounds of that. I don't trust uh, this man. Right. Um, I gotta write him into a movie. But we're here in our in our recording studio mm-hmm. uh, with Trap. Oh my God, Bigby! Our dog is here as well. Bigby just th- is th- literally throwing his body around just, the studio. He just had the best week of his life. Uh, and we're sitting with our pal Travis, our oh, new well. friend. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. When did you move to Halifax? I literally, so I grew up in Bedford. Okay. Um, but I just moved back from Toronto two months ago. Okay. So you haven't fresh. been here long. No. Uh, I mean, this this round, at least. Did you go to Toronto for school or just Good to question. get away? I, it was many things. Okay. Um, yes, I did go to Toronto for school, which only lasted a year and a half. And then I was like, screw this. Uh, my girlfriend was also up there at the time. 
She was going to Ryerson, actually. Acting cool. program. Whoop, whoop. Really? In yep. the acting program? She was in the acting program. What? Who? Uh, who? Do we know her? Yep, we do. Who? Yeah. I'm oh, like, are we allowed to know? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Say it and we can cut it out. Okay, okay. great. Kate McDonald. Big hair. Ah, yeah. from here. Big personality. Yeah, from here. Sweet. Okay, yeah. cool. Super sweet. Yeah. Um, and then I also moved up there uh, because I wanted to start my transition, and I knew it was going to be super difficult in Halifax, at least at that time. It was just going to take forever, so I said, screw this. See you later. So that was like uh, you finished high school and then went right up? I did one year at St. Mary's, ah, and okay. that was like the worst year of my life. So Now, you say transition. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Um, so I identify as a trans guy, so I was born female and uh i've transitioned to male i identify as male i go by male pronouns um all about the man man Mm man i'm into it um but i also like super value being trans so i'm not a trans person who identifies because some trans people identify as like cis gendered now i I want to be viewed as like full-on man like they take away the trans identity and they're just like I'm a man. Don't ever look Whoa. back. Yeah, you know, right. I never really thought about that because yeah. there's like check your gender, female, male, trans. I guess would you check both if you were? Some people don't. Some people literally like. Is I mean, there's so many different kinds of trans people out there, right? And I... some people are just like they just would rather not identify mm. as trans. As trans. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Here's the cool thing that I that uh, so we were kind of talking about this before we started recording today, but uh, I was talking about how I love these opportunities for me to sit down and talk with uh, someone who identifies as a, a trans person because I never had the opportunity to do that when I was younger. I came from, so you're from Bedford. I'm Old from fucking Bedford. Sackville, which yep. is like Bedford and Sackville hate each other. Yeah, I don't know why. but Why they, are they, you in this room right is now? Is that why you guys are sitting <laughs> like across yeah. from each other? Yeah, yeah that's exactly I'm it. I'm the mediator. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, but like I, you know, Although we 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 are from the suburbs, I guess if you will, of, mm-hmm. of Halifax, it's still like very like small town feels. Mm-hmm. At least it was, that's how it felt for me in Sackville. Yeah, and like almost like rural small town feeling. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a bit of like a backwards thinking at, at least when I was growing up. So there, if there were any people who are trans, say at my high school, there's no fucking way that they would be coming out and talking about it like mm-hmm. it very rare yeah um and i've only actually had the opportunity to sit down and have like a really uh juicy chat with one other trans person that i've ever known which is brandy who's mm-hmm. been on this podcast yep. and been on love sick her. boy love her to death um and which is so funny because you and brandy grew up together yeah pretty much i mean we weren't oh. like best buds growing up but we did know each other we were kind of like around the same groups of people we mm-hmm. hung around each other went to like hilarious punk shows together as yeah kids, right and, so, yeah. so it's this opportunity for me, who who is a you know a cisgendered, privileged white male coming from like a, a, a you know a, a middle nuclear class family, a, a very fucking nuclear, very middle class uh, suburban family, who's to be quite honest with you, ignorant as fuck. Like, dude, I am so ignorant when it comes to when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to when it comes to a, whole, a host full of things mm-hmm. which is why i started this podcast which is why bridie and i wanted to do this which is why i wanted to do sick boy and so to sit down and talk to you is like this wicked learning opportunity for myself so so to sit down with you today like i'm just super jazzed up and if i say anything little disclaimer if i say anything <laughs> that you're like whoa bro nope yeah definitely don't say that ever to anyone mm-hmm. then uh, please please like put me in my place yeah for sure 
It's funny how many people are afraid of like saying the wrong thing. I just did a market research survey for an accommodation business that I'm hoping to start. And one of the things that I, so I asked that gender question first and I was like, trans, fluid, neutral. And I was like, oh, I'm being so like inclusive. But then I was like, I better add other because I don't know. Mm -hmm. But also um, I was like, what are your biggest concerns when traveling to a new place? And it was saying the wrong thing and accidentally offending someone. So it's like, that exists in every. That oh, exists yeah. everywhere. It does. Um, I'm also from a really small town, graduating class of sixty, uh, in Kensington, Prince Edward Island, uh-huh. and there were no minorities at all. Like no people of color. We were all pretty. You know, I'm sure there were um, class differences, mm-hmm. but nothing super apparent. And I don't know how. That would have gone over at my school, but I just wonder, well, I know exactly how that would have gone over at my school, but not well for anybody. And um, I'm just wondering, like. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For... It's just it's just making me think, like, I wonder if anybody in my school was, um, you made me think of something, and I'm totally lost, but was kind of experiencing that, like, you and Brandy kind of in the same school population and figuring those things out separately, but at the same time, I wonder what I, what totally went over my head, what mm-hmm. was happening around, because well, I know even the kids who were gay had a hard time. Yeah, I don't know, I feel like, I mean, in my generation, I feel like so many of us, depending on, you know, how open your school was or how accepting people were, kind of waited until mm-hmm. we were done with high school yeah. so that we could just be like, okay, now I can figure my shit out and not have to do it in front of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for your example, 60 people or hundreds of people in my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really lucky. I actually came out as a lesbian okay. back in the day um, when I was still female identified. How old? Um, I was in grade nine. Okay, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty early, but yeah. also not unusual now yeah. nowadays too. Yeah. So I came out to my family in grade nine. I came out as bisexual just to like break the ice with my mom, not not be like, <laughs> whoa, I'm a big old lesbian. <laughs> um, my parents were like, cool, 
I mean, I was a total tomboy as a kid growing up, so they weren't, like, super shocked. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, the people I grew up with were just so accepting. I don't know. I don't know really what it is. I've had this, like, thought for so long. I'm like, what was it about me or the people I was around that were so okay with me being, like, who I am? And I don't know. I like to attribute maybe me just being super open mm. um, and just like growing up with the same people for so long. I just think that they're like, oh, we like know who this person is and they're pretty chill and we like them. So it's like, whatever, you know, but I, I, that's not everyone's experience, of course. Like mm-hmm. I was just super, super lucky. Yeah. And then even when I came out as trans, like <laughs> after high school, it was kind of like grade 12. And then once I graduated, I kind of like put it out there on Facebook. And I honestly had like a lot of people just telling me how like proud they were of me and how like, you know, sweet, live your truth and do your thing. And I don't know. It was just, I'm just honestly so thankful and so grateful Mm. for like all the people that. Fuck yeah, Bedford. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, go Bedford. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I I don't, I think Brandy's experience was kind of similar. I can't speak to all of her experiences, but yeah, she did say that she had a pretty like a pretty good go at at the whole coming out process. Um, I, I'm curious to know. So you came out first as you know a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, ha, when you were in grade nine and you went through that process, were you at that time like processing through your mind like I? But I feel like a man. No, actually. Um, that honestly did not happen until I was literally in like going into grade 12. Okay. Um, it's so funny. Like when I came out as trans, my parents, my dad said something that I thought was just like super beautiful and so sweet, but like growing up, um, he like never really envisioned his children as like one gender or the other. Like, of course, like, yeah, I have a little, two little girls at the time and a little boy, but like, you know, I was super tomboyish and just did whatever I want. So my dad just didn't really put that label on me, I guess. Was that the thing that he said that was really... Yeah, sweet? pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like, never... like, when I came out to him as being trans, he was just like, you know, like, I just never thought of you as being, like, a very, you know, young, mm-hmm. like, very girly or very boy. It was just like, you were just you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Okay, that's that's where I'm going. So I think, like, growing up, my parents not pigeonholing me into, like, being super girly or being, like, you know, one thing or the other. I just was able to kind of gradually you know, figure my shit out naturally. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like maybe if my parents pushed me into being super female, maybe as a younger child, it would have come to me a little bit early on. But Mm. I don't know. I just, at that time when I was in like grade nine, well, actually I was very attracted to women since I was like five years old, which is interesting. Um, But no, I never really thought about my gender until grade 12 for some reason. I don't know. I, it's funny to like think back exactly how it happened Mm -hmm. but i just remember starting to feel like really uncomfortable in my body so you don't really have like a a light bulb moment you know that thought of like oh i fucking get it now (sighs) not really Mm -hmm. there was not one light bulb moment but i just do remember in grade 12 just feeling really uncomfortable in my skin right um what a fucking crazy feeling you know what i mean like more about that because i yeah that's my i guess my question was like why why is it necessary? Why did it feel necessary for you to go from, well, I'm attracted to women to being like, but I'm a, I, I want to be in a different body to, I guess it's not just about who you're attracted to, but mm-hmm. no, it's definitely not just that. But, um, it's funny. Like my girlfriend time, Kate, um, actually she was the one who kind of put it 
in front of my face like hey maybe you're trans because i you know no, we, no we, yeah because we actually have like so many conversations about you know being uncomfortable in my body which of course you know if you're uncomfortable in your skin sometimes having sex with people can be really triggering and really troublesome because right. you're just like i don't feel like when i had tits and thankfully they were really small <laughs> even still when i had them i was like these suck i hate like being on top of someone and f- having them like move, move and yeah. just like Dang. know that they're there yeah right yeah. right um that's my favorite part <laughs> when, when they right? move i love it that's <laughs> one of my favorite parts yeah but um yeah no she and since that was happening you know at that time in our relationship she, she actually pointed me towards like looking at some videos on YouTube, which at that time, like I didn't know trans people. I didn't even know what it meant. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I had, wow. So I had no idea what trans was until I was literally at the end of grade 11, grade 12. Mm-hmm. So that's also probably why I wasn't like when I was younger. Oh, maybe I'm this. Right, Cause I yeah. had no idea what the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started watching a shit ton of YouTube videos, which thank you to all the guys out there who put their stuff out there. Cause what a great resource that was for me as a young trans person who, didn't even know what the hell it was mm-hmm. living in small town little bedford and then what was that tra- what was that transition like like so you start by watching these videos kate put you onto this sort of this like online research uh mm-hmm. train and then and then you know how how quickly did it really all just start to make sense like pretty oh quick for sure right that, that that was kind of probably when it started to click right was like because I just started like hearing their experiences and it was so similar to mine mm-hmm. um and just like you know when i was in high school i was pretty like a pretty butchy looking lesbian like i eventually chopped all my hair off and it was like super sporty and and uh i just eventually wanted to look more and more masculine and wanted people to read me as a man in society mm-hmm. and then once you started watching these videos it was like oh my god like this all makes sense like this is what i want to do so what was the next step you know like what what was the when you said i'm going to do this Cause like, I, I feel like there's, there's such a spectrum of like how far you can go, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay. Like, can you, and so here's my ignorance, right? Coming mm-hmm. out. Can you identify as trans, but really just do nothing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm going to, I'm I'm not going to have surgery to like, or I'm not going to take, um, you know, um, hormones. I'm going to just. Um, like for, from a, a, a female who is transitioning to a male mm-hmm. or, or identifies as a male, just like wear clothes that don't reveal my, yeah, my, you know, sure. my breasts and, and just, you know, like you were, like you put it, like just dress butchy and, mm-hmm. and hope the world just sees me as male. Totally. I mean, there's, there's literally, it's such a huge umbrella, um, people who can identify as trans like i know somebody back in toronto and he goes by male pronouns he can go by they sometimes like he's not on hormones um and had chest surgery and that's literally it he's super happy with where Mm -hmm. he's at and he's you know a lot of people still in the world will you know call him female pronouns and that's not a big deal for him he's just Uh, like yeah whatever right people are like really chill at being in that kind of space in the world where for me like that'd be really uncomfortable right and and so for you you wanted to go because here's the thing we're fucking on this like the thing i love and i hate about podcasts is you can't see the the you can't put a face to the voices Mm -hmm. that are speaking and actually oftentimes when i do do that and i I look and i research and i find the faces i'm always like god damn it that's not what they look like in my head (laughs) um but people can't see you but you are you are a fucking handsome man why thank you like you i like to think so yeah impressive beard (laughs) yes yeah like an incredible incredible beard you like you're you're 
I'm I'm jealous of your uh, your arms. Uh, I like yeah, like you are. You're, you're just a fit looking, fucking like handsome, masculine looking mm-hmm. man. Which took a long time, by the way. I bet. Mm-hmm. I fucking bet. And so, like, what is that process? Like, how do you how do you do that? Isn't that amazing? Like that we live in a time where you can do that. You know? Yeah. Hormones are amazing. Testosterone. Whoa. I'm what a hormone! So much about this. Holy from cow! My boyfriend who talks about taking testosterone the boyfriend uh, who is dead he he, he does not exist he's not but dead. he that what? he's very much alive he's alive <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is amazing no it's okay it's not that big of a deal his name isn't Guy, but no uh, but he does talk a lot about how uh present day masculinity is really affected by the amount of testosterone in our bo- in in men's bodies and how testosterone is affected by the amount of physical activity that you get mm-hmm. and um like obviously what you're consuming and blah 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 but just i'm just so you know everyone who's listening testosterone is going to be my new thing oh yeah me and uh this guy that you see that shall not be named uh he we were talking about testosterone the other day on the deck cool and we're having a little conversation about it so so uh travis you you decide to take this leap Mm -hmm. and is that the first step hormones Yes, for some people. Like, some people could get chest surgery before, or they could... Let's talk about your experience. For you... For my experience, yes. It was definitely the first thing I wanted to do, because, you know, the moment you start taking hormones, your body literally starts changing over time. It's like you're going through a second puberty. How quickly? Uh, Good question. It it depends on each person. Um I don't actually know if I had higher testosterone levels when I was... Before I even took you know hormones but i like to think i i did right um so mine was pretty quick like your voice can literally start dropping in the first month and of course it's gradual was that so exciting oh my god it was like the best feeling (laughs) the best feeling ever um and then i would say in like the first six months your voice starts dropping and um we're getting real right here so let's get technical yeah um I'll use technical terms because I'm comfortable with using that. So your clit will literally enlarge. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So Whoa, the clit gets bigger. Yes. Well, if you've ever looked at the anatomy of this, They're, you're like, you're obviously this is where the like the penis grows from, yeah, exactly. and the balls drop down. Exactly. Those are your ovaries. It, it's pretty incredible how similar, um, like my anatomy. Um, so my clit. Let's get real. I hope my dad don't listen to this. <laughs> Jesus. So, which I, I will call it my dick most of the time, depending yeah. on who I'm with. Um, when, like, I can get hard, and when I can, it can get up to about, what is that? It's like, uh, two, like two, two and, and, and a half, half inches. Two and a half inches. Wait, so are we talking right now? No, when like I'm current, like, when I'm flaccid, no, it's pretty small. No, and, but I mean like current day. Yeah, today current Travis. day. Today, okay, Travis. Okay. When I get hard and go to have sex with people, it can grow pretty big. And it looks very similar to a dick. Like, I have a bit of a foreskin. Whoa, you pull it back and it what? looks like the head of a dick. Yeah, because like the head of a clit is very similar yep. to the head of a penis. So... Uh, Absolutely. Do you, so you have, you still have a, like a vagina? Yeah, yeah. I, I did not choose the bottom surgery, nor would I. Okay, yeah. okay. So, but now in taking the, the T, mm-hmm. t- testosterone, also known as T, yep. just in case people don't, aren't aware of that. Um, in taking the T, does that affect the, oh man, so many questions now. Like now that we're getting, now we're getting real we're talk. Because yeah. I, I want to know, like this is the stuff that fascinates me, but I, but I know and and maybe maybe you can speak to this 
but I, I know I've heard in the past where it's like, don't ever fucking ask. If you, if you know someone's trans, mm-hmm. don't ever ask them. No, about, don't ask them about their genitals. Don't it's ask like them a about big their genitals. No, no. Unless yeah. you're like best buds and you know, it's okay to have that conversation. Right. Which we're, we're, we're having, having that conversation. We're having it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank God. Okay. <sighs> um, so, so does in taking the tea, how does that, how does that physically affect the, like the vaginal opening or your, your ability to like, um, like, like secrete mm-hmm. um, fluid from mm-hmm. your, your vagina. Like, like, are you, do you, can you still get wet? I can actually. Um, now it depends. Cause I've also had a hysterectomy. So I've had my uterus cervix and my ovaries removed. Whoa. Um, which is oftentimes kind of recommended just to help prevent cancer down the road. Cause Got it's it. like, they're, pretty much in there doing not much of anything at this point. And if point. you have useless organs in your body, those, mm-hmm. the, I, I learned this from the podcast, organs uh, that have no use, that just exist in your body, are are very high rate I cancer. I believe the gas mm-hmm. rises, if you don't use it, you lose yeah, it. That, that <laughs> is it. Yeah, if you don't use it, you lose it through cancer. It's very serious. <laughs> don't, uh, don't go down that road. Uh, okay, so you have yeah. that removed. So I had a hysterectomy, which for some guys... Once they have a hysterectomy, you can get... I mean, it's the same thing for women who get hysterectomies. You can get vaginal dryness or, like, you can't get as wet. Um, Now, I would say maybe I get a little less wet, but I can still get pretty wet when I'm turned on. But you obviously can't get pregnant and you don't get periods. No. So so going back to when I started hormones, that can... Your period can stop within the first, like, three months. Okay. So mine stopped in, like, the first, like, two. And I was like, thank the Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was pure hell for me as a kid. I got my period when I was nine. What? Yes. Is that young? That's young. It was pretty young. I wonder if there's any correlation between that and, like... Your orientation, because that is like, that's happening, I hear, a lot because there's so much estrogen in our food and in our water and like hormone imbalances and stuff like that. That's crazy easy. That's crazy early, though. I know. It was tragic. Um, Okay. So, so before we come back to the, the back to transitioning, (laughs) back to Travis's genitals. Yeah. You, so you can, you can get a little bit wet. Your, your clit is, has now turned into this impressive penis clit yeah that like can grow quite long mm-hmm. uh and is it, it gets hard it's hard like it, it yeah. hardens yeah it can like legit get like i get a hard on like a boner pretty much I've ne- this is I've never blowing heard my this mind before. this yeah. is blowing my mind it's pretty ima- like it's awesome i okay. love it how do you identify sexually queer okay yeah um and what does that how do you define queer for me it's i mean uh, i can pretty much date anyone under the sun like cis man cis woman uh trans people okay i you know but i i generally tend to have relationships with cis women how do you like to have sex or like what what is the what is the the way that you what's the way that you like really like to get off that's very broad yeah uh it depends on who i'm with like if i'm having sex with women um i tend to feel more of like a more of a top kind of mm-hmm. feeling. I'm more of like the dominant person, which I like. Um, but you know, with when I'm having sex with women, I could, you know, I love getting oral. Oral's great, and like it could mean you know sucking my dick or just going straight down to my hole. Like I don't care. I'm pretty mm-hmm. pretty flex. Um, you know, I have women can finger me if they want. Right. I can strap it on with because women. Like a G spot still pretty active in there. <sighs> eh, to me, that's not like one of my favorite things. Got it. Mm. You know, I've had that happened a few times and i've actually will say i have squirted at least three times in my life which is i was whoa. like whoa i didn't even think that could happen yeah. um 
but yeah, so that's usually, I mean, I'm pretty versatile when it comes to women. Yeah. Um, but then with men, I'm like total bottom, which by the way, oh. I honestly was not, like I could say I was attracted to men when I was younger, but I was never like into men. I was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck to do with that. Yeah. But then. <laughs> so I feel. <laughs> right? I don't know I don't know, know what to how. Do. <laughs> but then when I was like. 21 and felt way more comfortable in my skin and my body there you go i was like i'd i'd be in just you know having having some sex with some dudes sucking some dick baby and then maybe getting penetrated because i honestly had never been penetrated by like a man's penis like yes a strap on but like it is different yeah in my experience and we're talking vaginally yes vaginally i'm not really much of a butt dude at least yet Mm-hmm. You know, I've done, I've tried There's it a few times. But. T- lots of the road is long, <laughs> right? And winding. Long road, you know. I can <laughs> yeah. get there. Um, but yeah, when I'm with um, cis men, I'll be more specific. Uh, I'm a total bottom, which is something that I've never got to fully experience with women because it's just not. Yeah. You know, a lot I, of women I, aren't dominating. Yeah, and like I would be, like I said, I'm pretty versatile with women, so like I could be bottom top, whatever. But with men, I'm just like full on bottom. Like you can overpower me you can fuck me i can do all kinds of things mm-hmm. you know so it's pretty it, that was really fun to ex, ex, like experience and explore when i was in my like younger 20s in toronto of all places and oh. yeah well what a place to do it right yeah. it does one does one sort of take precedence over the other mm. like you know that whole like uh all right you're on a desert island mm-hmm. and you can only choose one food one movie and one Form of fucking. <laughs> what would I've never you heard that riddle. Oh, you know, that's a good question. I, I, would, I, would, I would probably pick a woman. Right. Um, I, 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 mean, I, I never say never because that's just not how I live life. But I, I personally have not dated a man, whether that be trans or a cis man, for like a super long period of time. Like I have like a few months here and there, but like just emotionally, I connect more with women, Got and it. also. Going back to the genitals and my dick. <laughs> yes, please. One of my f- well, okay. Now let's go back to your question. One of my favorite ways of having sex is I can actually, if I get a woman on her back, positioned properly, I can fuck her with my dick and come that way, <gasps> which is incredible. Whoa! Wait. Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 Whoa! How? Okay. So when a, when you come, mm-hmm. it doesn't come from your clit. Or no, dick the no. way that someone born in a in a yeah. male body would. No. I, I think anatomically you're having anatomically you're having a clitoral mm-hmm. s- s- orgasm. Yeah, a clitorally stimulated orgasm. Yeah, through sticking your clit penis. Yeah, into, into a into, into a woman or, into or a, maybe oral as well. Oral too, for sure. Yeah, yeah I can definitely get off that way <gasps> as well. That sounds phenomenal. It's amazing. It's like, it's literally like having a dick. And I'm lucky that I'm, Human body I'm big like, enough to like, because not every trans guy can do that, but like, right. mm. I eventually discovered, I was like, oh, this is something that I can do. So It's amazing. So why, what, what's the, what was your choice to not go through with the, the full reconstructive surgery? Uh, it's, for me, I mean, I've already had two surgeries, so I was like, oh God, okay, that's, you know, enough. Hysterectomy and Yeah, chest. and my chest surgery, yeah. yeah. Um, I just was way too afraid of losing any sensation. I was uh, just too scared of right. that. And for me personally, excuse me, I feel like I, I don't feel like I need to have like a big dick and balls to feel like you a, know, man. I'm a man. And mm-hmm. that's just me personally. And 
and yeah, that's that's just why I was like, no, it's not okay. something I'm interested in, is and there, I'm happy with what I got. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, it sounds like you have the best of all the all worlds. kinds of worlds. Yeah. I, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, god damn it, Travis. <laughs> but what about uh, is there like any sort of semblance of balls that happened? Like, because I just I make suit and making up my own science here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when you start so when you're a fetus you're a female and you transition to a male in the womb and i just imagine the ovaries are what drops and become the balls i have no idea we i just made that up we should science Science? okay is there any semblance of balls no 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 testosterone does not does not move your ovaries around well yeah Okay. No. So let's let's come back then to the to you know young uh, young Travis before the full transition. You start mm-hmm. the hormones. You, they, do they just put you on T? Yeah. Okay. Testosterone. So just and testosterone. You can, there's different variations of it. Like you can do a gel. Um, I'm pretty sure there's like a pill form, but most people inject it mm. either weekly or biweekly. One of my favorite Radio Lab uh, segments. It's Radio Lab is a is a phenomenal podcast mm-hmm. if you haven't heard it. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was also a, a, a This American Life segment, and they they kind of cross contaminated the podcast and played them on both. Um, but they're talking to a woman, or sorry, a a man, trans man. Um. And he was talking about how before he was identified as a male, he was a he was a very like staunch lesbian woman and then had this transitional period where where she decided, okay, I want to become a man. So uh, she went through this transition, became a man. And he was talking about how he never understood the the like like way that guys would look at women like like he he would hear guys go you know i'm walking down the street and i just couldn't help but look at like she walked by and i just couldn't help but look at her mm-hmm. ass and mm-hmm. and and when 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 he was a she she was like you are fucking disgusting mm-hmm. i like i cannot believe you would you'd ever think that or, or say that but then when she started transitioning to a he he was like yeah, oh my damn. fuck I get it yeah. I get it like I, I totally went into this like primal and he hated it because mm-hmm. he, he was so disgusted and revolted in these like very visceral very like um, intense sexual fantasies that mm-hmm. were were flooding his like his mental walking down the streets of New York and he was just like I, I this is fucked this is absolutely fucked so did you notice any of that kind of thing? Like where when you started the tea, you were having these like primal urges to. I would say for sure. Like when before I started t- taking testosterone, I mean, I was very uncomfortable in my skin. So I feel like sexually I was quite repressed. Mm. Um, and then when I started taking testosterone, like there is definitely a surge of like you want to f- fuck a lot like there's definitely a moment you're like holy shit like this stuff really works i just want to fuck anything that walks in front of me um tell me about it you called like at second puberty which oh legit yeah right right it's it's quite interesting and i mean i definitely with my you know sexuality i definitely like ebb and flow in terms of like being super horny all the time and not um like right now i'm single and living a pretty chill life so i'm not really fucking a lot um but at the same time talking about like you know, checking women out while you're walking down the street. I definitely did that before I transitioned because right. I was always into women. Mm-hmm. But you kind of think about it a little bit differently now because people view me as a man. 
Um, so of course I will definitely look if there's a very attractive woman, you know, and of course, like I was driving here today and I legit did a full turnaround in my car and was yeah. like, holy <laughs> shit, that woman's beautiful. Right. But I was in my car. Whereas, you know, if I'm walking down the street and I see a woman, I'm not going to, I know how uncomfortable that is. So mm. I try to, of course, be very discreet about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had that experience of like being a woman. I know what it's like to have, you know, men stare at you and ogle. And I mean, they definitely looked at me in a different kind of way because I looked like a lesbian. But <laughs> it's like right. I can still, I can still you know, go back and be like, okay, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is a little off topic, kind of related, but... Um, Love the off topic. But even if I'm like walking at nighttime and there's a woman walking by herself in front of me, I sometimes will often cross the street. For and just, her. For her, just so yeah. she feels more comfortable. Because like, I oftentimes even feel uncomfortable when people are like walking behind me yeah. closely. Mm. I'm just like, mm, no one needs to feel that. I love that. Uh, that. I really want to talk to my girls right now about like being... In the situation where their partner uh, is checking out other women, because mm-hmm. I've experienced that pretty mm-hmm. regularly, and the way it's described Wait, whoa, whoa. to me. What are you saying? Not with you. <laughs> but this is like, okay, I'm pretty slim. I'm not crazy curvy. My boobs aren't huge. I think my bum is okay, but it's not like, it's not like a, I don't have big hips. I don't have like a big, like juicy butt. And. So, so I've noticed some certain people that I've dated checking this shit out while I'm with them. And I'm like, I don't really feel offended, but I feel like I should call this person out. But at the same time, so I did. So I had a conversation with someone recently and they were like, I, that's not even the body type that I'm into, but I see it. And it's a primal part of my brain that goes boobs are great for breastfeeding those breasts are huge and great for breastfeeding and that those hips and that butt or that those are like child rearing hips like there's a primal part of me that checks that out and i don't i honestly it don't honestly feel, it, i don't feel threatened by it anymore and i know there's a lot of women out there who probably get and i and i do like i get a little trigger of insecurity when i feel it happen and i'm with the person mm. uh but I can intellectual. I can I can like rationalize it and what? Yeah. I don't think we need to take it so seriously and so like territorial. When you're with your your significant other, yeah, t- yeah. I mean, like, look as a, as a as cisgendered male who grew up his entire life, uh, very very into breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I can guarantee you that there's been a handful of times where I've been walking down the street and I see a woman who has a really for lack of a better term, a really nice rack. Mm-hmm. And I immediately... When you say nice rack, you mean big. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be big. They, yeah. they can be uh, just like just, well-shaped yeah, or perky nice. or... I mean, just looking good. Yeah. Just looking good in the in the outfit. Uh, I'm going to look and I'm looking with intent to go, wow, I'm appreciating that. Because as a male who enjoy who really enjoys that, I'm looking at that and appreciating it through my eyes however in the same breath my eyes will just as likely just as easily go to a set of breasts that my eyes and my mind have no attraction to whatsoever like a and hey no this is just for me it's just not for me but like an 80 year old woman who's just got like 
the biggest right. breasts I've ever seen You're in my life. I'm still gonna look. I'm still gonna look. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, and I'm not looking. So and, and, and I'm just. I'm, I I just naturally look, dude. My so here's a here's we're a we're looking we're survival skills. Here is a thing, <laughs> and I'm gonna say this, and I guarantee, I guarantee. Well, what I just said, I'm I guarantee there there's a thousand people out there who heard it and went, you motherfucker. But <laughs> I think when when I say what I'm about to say, there's gonna be some people out there who think this is so fucking weird and so gross, but. To come back to this person that you were talking about, Bridie, and this primal, like, you just do it, your eyes just go there. The other day I was at my sister's house, and she le- she leaned down to, like, pick up my nephew, and I, my eyes just, like, naturally went, looked down, looked down her shirt. And then I went, oh, Jesus. what the fuck, Jeremy? <laughs> But I, I immediately went. Well, you just you, you don't have con- you don't have control. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have control of your dreams. You don't really have. I, I honestly think it is like. An I look at boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love looking at other oh, people's I love it. boobs. But, but I'm not I never look- want to be caught. But that's the thing is we're not looking at the boobs because we love looking at boobs. We're looking at boobs because they're curvaceous and attractive. Where did I get my and- first meal ever? Yeah. Survival. The breast. The breast. You know, it's like it's 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 like a car wreck. Maybe you can't. Kids who were breastfed don't have the same impulse. I feel like we got to cut that thing out of my sister. I feel weird about saying that. I no, like, I think that's really valuable. I think that's super valuable. Legit, it, I, I look at sex. my sister-in-law's breasts often. Yeah, I will admit it, and she, yeah. I'm saying to her face. I mean, she just had a baby. They're fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. huge. Yeah, I cannot. Baby feeding boobs are massive. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, anyhow, uh, coming back to uh, Travis. Uh, <laughs> so you you take the tea. You have the you have the breast. Uh, you remove your breasts. Mm-hmm. Your breasts that weren't that big anyway. So mm-hmm. that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take the you get the hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. When did the facial hair start coming in? So it took quite a few years for it to get this full. But I would Dude, say it's full. it is. Yeah, like it looks fucking good. I'm it's sorry. I'm sorry, my brother, but I have a. <laughs> Bigger, way bigger beard than my brother. He just yeah. can't grow. It's yeah. just genetics. I'm sorry. I used to make fun of him, and I'm like, oh, that's so. Mean. Maybe you should take some tea. It's just genetics <laughs> and a whole lot of tea, <laughs> right? Um, but I would say, within the first like six months to a year, I started. Usually, it starts around like the sideburns start crawling down. Okay. And then usually it's like right underneath the chin that starts to grow in first. So I had like a pretty <laughs> solid chin strap ish for a while, which was kind of embarrassing. But that's all I could grow. And then my mustache was so peach fuzzy in the beginning. It was just like blonde peach fuzz. You know, the crusty little stash that young little boys get all the time. 14-year-old boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, uh, like Brian Stever would get uh, oh, or Taylor McGilvery. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. So I would say it only became this full after like between four and five years. Took Took four to five years to get like a beard this big. Okay. Took some time. And like I'm pretty hairy too i'm not like like you know savagely hairy but like you know i've I've got some nice little shoulder not even just patches it's it's pretty hairy yeah yeah do you i love it do you fucking love it i I was gonna say yeah i personally love it yeah i love love it too yeah you god you must look uh you must have like a real when you shave you must look so fucking young i do yeah because you have such a young looking face Mm -hmm. um so when you shave, you know, it's just like... I feel like a baby. Real baby face, yeah. I've come to appreciate it a lot, though. Ooh. Because I find, like, so many trans men really value, like, not... I mean, I'm speaking for guys who like being hairy. But some trans men who really value 
the hairiness because you know you just in my mind i equate being hairy with being quite masculine and, yeah. you know it's just that's just how i feel um so it took me quite a long time of like shaving my face and getting acquainted with my face and be like you know what i don't have to have a full beard to be you know super mm-hmm. masculine and mm-hmm. super manly which took me some time yeah. but now i can fully shave and be like yeah no i'm into that yeah i'm still into that so to change gears a little bit mm-hmm. um we met at uh i think we we actually first met face to face at our live show at the termion live show at the bus stop mm-hmm. theater mm-hmm. uh sold sold out show ladies and gentlemen i just want to say super great. uh and it was with brandy and brandy introduced us but I had known, uh, and oh, actually, it was it was my my friend and barber Jen mm-hmm. who introduced us. Um, and Jen cuts my hair, and you work with Jen. I sure do. Uh, she's a gem. She's I would love to get gem. Jen on the she podcast. She also cuts someday. my hair. She also cuts Bryce's hair. That's right. She's so sweet. Yeah. Um, and and so so you're a barber. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, as a as a male who um, who like is constantly like checking in with like my masculinity and how I feel as a, as a man. And, and I, I hold, I hold my masculinity dear to me and, and I want to do things that make me feel masculine and, and cause it's important to me, um, to feel like a man. I'm proud to be a man and I, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I want to like, I want to feel that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I find makes me feel very masculine is every couple of weeks going into the barber shop with the boys and Jen, mm-hmm. and sometimes some ladies in yeah. there, like Bridie, and some other ladies that I know go to St. Louis, um, and sitting down and get my fucking hair cut, have my eyebrows trimmed, <laughs> yes. have my, my beard touched up if i got a beard going on. It's a very masculine um, environment. Mm-hmm. And I've been to other... Now, St. Louis is like, is like a a diamond in the rough. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's just this really like beautifully open space. And you know, Bridie, you feel comfortable going in there and getting your hair cut, but I'm sure that there's a lot of barber shops that, uh, women don't really feel welcome to like go in and get their hair cut. It, you know, the barber, the, a barber shop barbers, like it's a very, it's a very male centric thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you agree with that? Like that, yeah. It's okay. a it's a very like macho space. Yeah, you know, it's very like. I mean, we're all getting in, going in there to uh, look. You know, when you get a fresh haircut, you look good, you feel good, you're feeling hot, you're feeling like you know, gives you a little extra like, mm, you know, when you walk out the door. It's when I feel my best. You know, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And oftentimes, yeah, the space is definitely like super heated with like testosterone. I find. Do you feel like you went you you steered into becoming a barber? Because of that space, because of that sort of uh, that that masculine energy that's there. I mean, I kind of I kind of actually fell into barbering, but before I started cutting hair myself and being a barber, I, Big B is um, about to throw oh, up right no. now. He's yeah. so turned oh, off no. by the barber talk that right onto the our carpet. dog is literally throwing up oh, in the. Buddy. No, buddy, don't do it there. No, he can't. You can't move him. You gotta no. give him a second oh, hit. poor guy. It's okay. Don't puke on the cord, though. Just uh, pause for a second. Time out. All right, barber I clean shops. the clean the dog puke. Um, so barber shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? So you were saying? I, I asked. Like, do you? Do you find that it is a, a pretty masculine space? Yes. And you agree. Like, that's where, that's where, you know, typically men go to, like, 
get, talk about man things. Talk about man things and get brushed mm-hmm. up and yep. you know, looking good. And I had asked, um, do you feel like you 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 became a barber? Were you drawn to barber shops uh, for that like that masculine energy? Yeah, I mean, before I started cutting hair. I I never stepped into a barbershop before I was like 20. Sorry, not I was in correction. I was 18 when I was visiting Kate in Toronto. I never stepped in a barbershop. There was not really barbershops in Halifax or Bedford, you know, at that time <laughs> growing up. I think the closest one would have been in Sackville. Probably. It would have been um Bernie's. Do you know Bernie's no, on Sackville Drive? Bernie's. Is oh, it still fuck. there? Dude, uh, yeah, so absolutely. Good. Absolutely. It's yes. still there, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I first stepped into a barbershop, and this was before I was even on hormones, was in Toronto in the black market. Do you know where the black market yeah. is absolutely. on Queen Street? So yeah. I don't know if there actually is still a barbershop down there. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I, I don't, don't. Like, there was one. There might still be one there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But, anyways, that was the first place I ever got my haircut in a barbershop. And I was definitely pretty nervous because, you know, I wasn't, people didn't look at me as a man yet. I was just like a butchy looking woman. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, like, I hope they don't mind me coming into this space or like, I don't, it's just, it's a little uncomfortable. Um, but they were great. They're just like, sweet, take a seat. Let's chop your hair. Let's do it. And I felt incredible. So now when I started like transitioning and being on hormones, it was still pretty intimidating going into a super male-dominated space because I so badly wanted to be a part of it, but I wasn't sure if, you know, the guys cutting hair were like, oh, yeah, this this is, you know, a dude who's coming to shop, and he's, he's a part of this. I call that, like, my gray period of my transition, where people weren't sure if I was a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, Who, what are you? How long was that period? Oh, man, I, I would probably say at least a year and a half. Okay. Um, that was probably the most difficult for me because I just wanted so badly just to be, like, a man. People view me as a man, but it took it took some time. You know, yeah. hormones don't just happen overnight. Yeah. Um, so when I would step into barbershops at that period of my life, it was pretty uncomfortable. Um, but still, at the same time, so great when I found a space, you know, where I could get my hair cut. And there was definitely a few barbershops where I found, and I was like, oh, it's so nice to come in here and, you know, be a part of the the. Uh, you know, just being part, being part of like the guys, you know, because mm. I, I never grew up being, you know, one of the guys. I just, I grew up people viewing me as a woman. So I never got to experience what it was like to be in a male dominated space, which is super interesting. Um, cause you know, men treat each other very differently than, you know, women, women would, you know, treat each other or a man treating a woman is very yeah. it's just like it's hard to explain if you're not a man in a man's space mm-hmm. um oh, it's like it's like uh oh fuck who is the comedian there's someone talking about it the other day uh, oh it was it was on joe rogan's podcast and they were talking about like the guy like when you're hanging with the guys and then there's that one guy who always just like brings his girlfriend over but doesn't tell anyone and then he shows up with his girlfriend and 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 the whole mood changes oh, absolutely you know it's like that, fu- that fucking guy you know that <laughs> fucking friend who brings his girlfriend over but doesn't tell the guys because yeah. like everyone's there to watch the fight and yeah. then and then she walks in and everyone's and like, like oh, oh, fuck, now, now we, we can't like, tone it down yeah now we can't be ourselves yeah, yeah. right yeah <laughs> it's interesting it's and and it, that's something i was always interested in being a part of because i never mm. got to encounter it um another little side note to this but another male dominated space male locker rooms yeah very yeah. interesting yeah for encountering and male saunas just saying 
I hear a lot about male saunas these days, uh, but I am really curious about that period of transition, that gray area, and like, like I just I see myself like standing at the yoga studio or whatever, and be like, do I go to the male change room? Do I go to the female change room? Like, where is this appropriate for me right now in that gray area? And like, when do you go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bathrooms are oftentimes a very uh, triggering space for people who are in their beginning of their transition. Yeah. That was probably like, again, I mentioned the worst time of my life was at like St. Mary's. Yeah. And that was when I had to wait a full year in order to start hormones. But yet I was like growing out my leg hair, my armpit hair, and, you know, still looking pretty masculine, but not yet, you know, identified in the world as a man. People yeah. wouldn't view me as a man. So sometimes going into like female bathrooms were just so uncomfortable. Because I would oftentimes like... You know, to women sometimes, in a quick glance, I, I could look like a man, especially from behind. Like, they just would have no idea. Yeah. So there was definitely quite a few times where, you know, when I would go to the bathroom in that first year of university before hormones, I would just, like, put my head down, go to the stall, do my thing, don't look at anyone, and then get out. And I've had many times where I was, like, you know, be washing my hands, and a woman would go to open the door and look at me and then be like, oh, shit. Second and then just, take, like, yeah. close the door and leave. Like, she wouldn't yeah. come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I fortunately didn't have too many, like bad situations in some bathrooms but yeah but then you know the period where i was like comfortable enough and felt like i could go into a men's bathroom was oh, it was terrifying yeah because no you like you get to go like jeremy you get to go to a bathroom you get to go to a urinal or your stall and you don't have to fucking worry about what anyone's gonna think about y- you right whereas in the beginning like i go in you know when i'm just starting to look masculine enough in my mind to go in a men's bathroom i'm like thinking like well fuck i can't pee in a urinal because that's just not possible for yeah me. so i actually and and you also think like well i don't want to sit down and pee because that's just not what Everyone's dudes do think i'm pooping yeah or or i'm just sitting <laughs> to pee which is like kind of weird like what guy it's some, not that some, weird some, some people do it's it it's just so fucking comfortable you it know is. sometimes just sitting down peeing. It's, it's very comfortable it's one of my favorite things i mean in the morning. i sit to pee now i don't care but in the beginning when i was worried about what people think about me, I actually trained myself to pee standing up in, a, in, in like a in a you know in a stall. Do you like two finger split and then put it down? Between I the, did that the, a, little, pull a little, the, pull a little bit. Yeah, bit. yeah. You pull it up a little bit. You kind of stand a little bit over the toilet and just like I had pretty good aim, so I was like Shit. and a pretty straight stream. So I was like, but that's when I felt really uncomfortable and like was like, oh god. Like right. now I'm just like I don't give a fuck and I'm just like I'm a pee sitting down. If anyone yeah. else says anything, I'm gonna be like, what? Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> you just reminded me of this like conversation. I had with my dad when I was like, fuck, I must have been 12 or 13. And I walked in on my dad on the toilet. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sh- oh, dad, like, lock the door. He's like, yeah, I'm just taking a piss. But he was sitting, and yes. I was like, you're shitting. And he goes, no, I'm peeing. And I'm like, <laughs> you pee sitting down? He's like, yeah, sometimes I like to sit. Yeah, right. And I was like, I never thought of that. <laughs> and so every once in a while, I'll be like, I feel like I used to sit sitting. on the toilet backwards when I was a little kid. I ju- I'm just <laughs> remembering amazing. this. Because like, you, you like, didn't know? You were just like, I think this is how it goes. No, because I wanted to try to pee standing up, but oh. I w- yeah, couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh care makes it way more difficult, by the way. Yeah, that's true. It just yeah. like skews Spray. everything. Uh, since I got everywhere. my asshole waxed, I mean, wiping is a whole new game. It's just like oh, everything man. has changed. I, think I should really get my butt waxed because I encounter that oh, every time dude, do it a tough time it's awesome it honestly also, is awesome go ketogenic and you'll only poop every four days okay Brady, that's, okay, uh, that's you should see a doctor <laughs> 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 oh god um uh, back to the back to the barbering did you ever fi- face any sort of um uh, discrimination in in like that male dominated space 
Hmm. Um, honestly, I don't think so. I, I mean, I also left Halifax at 19 and didn't mo- like all of my transition to Toronto, which is an incredible city. Like, it's yeah. super diverse quite open like so if i ever went into a barbershop and maybe felt slightly uncomfortable it was mainly just all in my own head and people would just treat me well and with respect so i honestly never really encountered any moments of discrimination or i mean who knows maybe in their mind they were thinking something but they never said anything to me which was mm. great so well, I was that's lucky. nice to hear yeah i was super lucky yeah how do you how do you um in terms of dating so you're saying you don't you're not currently dating anyone mm-hmm. um when you do date, uh, what's the process for you of ex, ex, um, disclosing? Disclosing, yeah, not not mm-hmm. exposing, dis- disclosing your your uh, your gender. Mm-hmm. Um, like because I was I was talking to Becca today, and she was like, "Who are you recording with?" And I was like, "Oh, Travis." And and she was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, the barber." And she was like, "Oh, yeah, I kind of know who you're talking about." And we were talking about how, how handsome you were, and so I was showing her photos, and she was like, "She was like, Jesus Christ, he's." really fucking good looking and and she actually asked me she was like how does he how do how would he identify or how would he disclose that information to someone he's dating she was like because like if i came across him on tinder i'd swipe right Mm -hmm. um and if he told me i would be okay with it but i'm curious to know how he goes about disclosing Mm -hmm. that information Mm -hmm. i'm straight up front about it now i i've had many I've t- played with the, you know, telling people maybe a little bit later or, but that, you know, sometimes doesn't always go over well. Mm. So I just put it right out there, right out there. And usually oftentimes if people, you know, I, I tend to try to find like queer women who are interested in a trans guy. So it's like, they're already into me because I'm a trans dude, yeah. but being out here, I'm like been toying with the idea. Cause like I said, I generally tend to date cis women who are pretty feminine. It's just what I tend to go to when I connect to them emotionally the most and very attracted to them. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could ever like date someone who identifies as straight. I'm like, I'm, I would be, I'd be open to it as long as they'd be like open to it. But I, yeah. you know, if I ever did, you know, encounter someone who I thought identified as a straight person, I would be pretty upfront about it right away. Mm-hmm. Cause I, there's no, why beat around the bush? Just like, this is who I am. And if you're not into it, cool. But if you're open to it and maybe dating, why not? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Are you are you currently seeking like relationships right now? Like, are you on Tinder, Grinder, like <laughs> where everyone pursues a relationship these days? Yeah, right? I mean, hey, it's 2017. I I'm currently not because I did just break up with someone before I left Toronto, and you know it was a pretty good mutual breakup. But I'm definitely still processing that and yeah. getting over it. But at the same time, I'm like, I never say never. If some cute babe came along and we wanted to date, I'd be like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. But any cute babes out there, just saying. Same as barbershop. Mondays through Saturdays. I'm fine. <laughs> the one question I didn't get to ask, and I want, and I can't even believe I didn't. Anyway, uh, the one question I wanted to ask is about masturbation because mm-hmm. I think this has kind of been like a curiosity and like a theme for me mm-hmm. in general. Is like. At what age did you start masturbating? How did that feel? I mean, you already said, like, you didn't really realize you were uncomfortable in your body until you were moving into grade 12. And, like, now, how does masturbation work? 
So do you want to know when I started? I want to know the okay, whole, that's so great. Yeah. everything. <laughs> so I started super early. I was like five years old. Okay. Um, I like to think I've, I've definitely been like a pretty overly sexualized person, especially starting at, the, at a young age. Um, I did I did the whole just like kind of humping my hands type thing and like humping pillows. And I was like, this feels great. Yeah. You know, so I definitely started super young. Um, and masturbation. I mean, I don't know. I'm super into it. I do it all the time. Yeah. Almost on the daily. What does that look like for you? Like, do you, do you, um, cause thinking about the, this, this, like, uh, your penis, do you, do you, do you, do you call it your penis? I call it a dick. You I call, call it a dick. It, yeah, whatever. So like yeah. your dick. Um, I like that because, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, <laughs> I wrap my hand around my dick and I yeah. stroke it up and down. Yeah. And it's, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Very easy for anybody who wants to know how to do it. Uh, you just yeah. grab it and <laughs> go and up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Is that how you, is that how you pleasure yourself? Good question. Um, it, it is a way that I can definitely pleasure myself, get myself hard, but it, mm, so there's multiple ways I can get off. Um, you know, for women, usually we use our fingers and, yeah. you know, rub your clit and, you know, do some other things that maybe stimulate yourself. So I will do that and also finger myself at the same time sometimes because uh-huh. I do like feeling full, full yeah. you know, and coming because, you know, it feels good when you yeah. tighten around it. Yeah. So that's a way, that's a pretty quick way for me to get off. Um, but I've also been, because I haven't been having sex with women for a while, and like I said, fucking a woman with my dick is one of my favorite things. Um, it's so funny I'm telling you guys about this. But I was, I was literally... Uh, Welcome to Turn Me On Podcast. <laughs> so the other night I was like toying around with the idea. I was like, how can I like get off that way but with myself? Mm-hmm. You know, I there's no like vagina here for me to fuck. So I was like, what if I used my hand and put it in like... I mean, how do I explain this? I'm putting it in like a... Well, you're making a uh, like a hand puppet with yeah, a mouth. Yeah, making like a hand yeah. puppet with a mouth, and there's a little little circle there where my yeah. fingers are making. An o, like, O-shaped yeah, mouth. Yeah, an O-shaped mouth with my hand. I was like, what if I'm like, you know, I'm pretending like I'm up above somebody, like I'm yeah. fucking them from the top. Oh, what you're if getting I eat, real into I'm it. I'm getting deep. Yeah, so, fuck yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself in this position, and I'm going to get this little hole here really wet so i spit it on a lot and i literally kind of like yep. fucked it like yep. i would be fucking a woman oh yeah and i like, came and it was so great no way it was oh. like i was literally fucking a woman so and I was like, I love genius. That. so you jeremy jerking off your thumbs on top yeah outward what? facing yes you're outward jerking facing. off with the outward facing oh yeah 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 yes. so like but if you're making the you, o shape my my wrist the bottom hand like the underside of my arm like the really white part of my arm is facing the ceiling okay yes. so thumb out yeah basically. thumb yeah. up that's and how jeremy's then, jerking off and then yeah. travis you were saying you make the opposite shape the opposite the thumb in like yes. you're doing the the sort of like you know that okay when people go a-okay. A-okay. That sign, except all the fingers are down. Like a yeah. small fist. And, and my thumb's pointing towards... Inward. Yeah. And your elbow's, inward face. elbow's yeah. kind of pointing out. Yeah. Just, and so, I, just so people who are listening they need to really know. know. Maybe another yeah. trans guy's out there That's and right. wants a new way to masturbate. That's right. Totally. Because people who are masturbating with a, a clitoris, like myself, I find, I don't even touch my clit. Mm-hmm. I use, make the little peace sign right. downwards. And I just like, it's really just about moving the skin, skin or the flesh around mm-hmm. the sensation of the clitoris. Because you have a pretty sensitive clit. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't, I used to think that, but now I think it's probably just pretty normal. 
oh, okay. normal sensitivity. Okay. All right. Based on like, oh, so when we were talking to Carly about masturbation, mm-hmm. we had someone write into us who was just like, I'm losing my shit about the way you're talking about masturbation and toys because blah, 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 blah. The Hitachi wand, which Carly was all about and lots of females like to talk about and Jeremy, you were like praising it she's like it's not for the first orgasm it's like for three orgasms later so you masturbate you masturbate again and then to come hard you the hitachi is like super Mm -hmm. intense Mm -hmm. if you're gonna put it on your clit hey you know what save yourself sure i have to i i take issue with that email and i hope whoever wrote it is listening because she had a great sense of humor she did she did and and we do really appreciate the email but here's the thing everyone's fucking different Mm -hmm. like you who wrote that when i read that i was like yeah but maybe carly doesn't maybe carly doesn't do that like maybe the maybe some people need that like fucking crazy intense yeah i mean i mean i'm uh, speaking as a guy like a guy who's been snipped like a circumcised dude Mm -hmm. my head is way different in like the glands of my penis are way different than the glands of the penis of a man who's never been circumcised they're way different than the than the man whose penis has been circumcised at birth because i was circumcised like halfway through my life so you know everybody's completely different i mean someone might take that hitachi and fucking ram it right on their clit like right off the bat at the highest uh, intensity and be shoving a fucking wine bottle up their ass and that's how they come i don't know well (laughs) it's getting right in there (laughs) we got a couple wine bottles that was the first thing i saw (laughs) um is there anything we didn't touch on that you were really hoping we would literally or figuratively (laughs) (laughs) good question um I am kind of curious about your thoughts on moving forward net future generations coming out as trans, like what they're, what you think like the future is of that transition for people. If you think about that, maybe you don't think about that at all, mm-hmm. but like how do we knowing what we know now 20 years ago would have been super different for someone who was like, Oh, I feel like I'm born in the wrong body to today. People being able to have not seamless transitions, but pretty well-supported transitions so like what are we looking at in the future oh man i mean i i think like now that being trans and like what trans is and what it means is more um it's coming up more in like social media and just like we're actually starting to see it you know on tv and just like it's it's not something that's like hush hush and no one talks about and it's like you know, like Jeremy you and I growing up, we had, I had no idea what trans was until I was in like grade twelve. I did, the first fucking black person I ever met was I was in like grade twelve. Marvin Otuki moved to our neighborhood. And I was like <laughs> Marvin, you know. I so. saw him the other day, <laughs> but like, but it is like, like I came from so we. I mean, look, Sackville has changed big time. Yeah, for but sure. But when, like, how old are you? Uh, I'm turning 26 in July. Okay, cool. So I'm three years older than you. So like yeah. we we were we were within, within the same graduating sort of like yeah. you know we know the same people probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't discussion surrounding this stuff. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of we didn't even talk there, about sex. There wasn't no, no fuck God, no, no. absolutely not. We no. didn't even talk about like. There wasn't crazy different religions at my school. There wasn't... I'm not even kidding when I, when I say that about Marvin. Like, the first person of color I ever probably really met was, like, Marvin and his family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just not something that we really grew up with. Mm-hmm. And But it's it's changed so drastically. Mm-hmm. Here's a crazy thing. I don't know if you... if it, 
what your thoughts would be on this, but uh, I'm really, really close friends with my my high school drama teacher. Her name is Erin Erin Morris. She changed my life. Like you know, I I owe the world to her. I love her to death. And every every like at, at least once a year, we'll go out for dinner and we'll sit down. And we'll have like a fucking three hour like ch- chit chat. And last time we went out to dinner. We went to Bedford and we went to, uh, we went to just a restaurant in Bedford and we were sitting down and we were talking about whatever we were talking about. And somehow we were on a, a similar discussion like we're on right now. And she was saying, you know, what's fucking super amazing about now in high school. Cause she still teaches at Sackville high. Mm-hmm. She was like, Jer, when you were at, at the school, there was as a staff member, I knew of one trans uh, kid in the whole school and it wasn't until their, their grade 12 year and I was like I don't know who you're talking about and she was like now today like out of the five classes I teach there's six trans kids wow that's amazing in my classes wow out of the five classes that I teach open openly trans mm-hmm. like out there that everybody knows about mm-hmm. and she was like and it's it's a really accepting environment that's cool it's good to know. It's super good to know. Like I like that when she said, and I, you know, I had this like weird like oh, Sackville High. Like I was so <laughs> proud of like my high school and like yeah. so proud of Mo and Aaron and and like you know the space that she's cultivated there. She's a drama teacher, so of course mm-hmm. it's love just drama like, teachers. Yeah, just the yeah. I love best, right? Yeah, just the fucking best. Yeah, um, but yeah, like it's it has it's changed big time since we were since we were kids. Mm-hmm. It has changed big time. Um, but at the same time, like, there's still always so much more work to do. Yeah. So much. You know, like, I mean, not putting a damper to our conversation, but, like, let's get real. This one gentleman came in to get a haircut the other day, and I was like, it was mind-blowing what happened. But anyways, he was from Cape Breton, and he was telling me he was going up to Sydney, um, sadly, because his one of his best friends growing up, um, he's like a single dad at this point, had a young kid who was transitioning from male to female, which I will say is a lot harder. Okay. I'll, I'll just be honest. I'm like, not surprised yeah, to hear that. It, and then they get way more shit, way, like tons of discrimination. Yeah. And it's just some fucked up weird shit from like, you know. Well, that's sexism. <sighs> it is. Yet, it's true. And it's like, oh, well what, as, why? You don't want to be masculine anymore? Exactly. Like, it's, anyways, it's better to be a man. Why would yeah, you want to change? Exactly. Yeah. So we won't get too deep into that. But anyways, it's a lot harder for male to females transition and especially a 13 year old yeah in in sydney cape breton which is you know a bit smaller than bless her heart i was just in cape breton and i i was told by a cape bretoner how small-minded and prejudiced it can be it can be there not as a rule but yeah not entirely but this kid and and the other interesting thing is at this day and age with social media and facebook kids can't get away from bullying no. you know mm-hmm. they can't get away from it no. and this poor girl was just harassed mm-hmm. for so much that she actually ended up taking her life <sighs> so she committed suicide so it's like Ugh. you know and like i <laughs> i was just like fucking just my heart just dropped yeah. you know and i'm just like okay yeah we're doing a lot of really, really great work out there um it's another reason why i kind of wanted to come onto the show and just like put mm. myself out there because it's like you know there need to be lots of really good um representations of trans people out there for young people to look up to and like Mm -hmm. to realize that like okay i can get through this and like and what it really stems down to i think is the people who are you know raising the next generation you know they need to have these conversations with their kids and you know need to 
tell them that like it's okay for young children to want to fucking be who they want to be like Mm -hmm. i I honestly like in my mind when i think about people who don't just allow people to live their truth i'm just like what is actually wrong with that like there's no one out like this poor child's not harming anyone yeah this kid literally just wanted to be a woman because that's how she felt and that's how she wanted to express herself and i'm Mm -hmm. like you know people just need to teach their kids that that's okay that's totally okay Ugh, it's, it's like how do you so preemptively like how do you do that ahead of time without also Ugh. projecting shit on your kid i know and also be like yep that's cool that like mm. and and let me help you like the resources the, the path forward is not clear but also parenting is so fucking hard mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. to like hard. let you know just people i think i think genuinely there's a lot of cases where parents just want their kids lives to be easier yeah yeah no it's very true like even when i came up to my parents you know they were one of the things i remember mom saying to me she was like i'm just so scared that you won't find somebody to love you Uh, you know which is like breaks your little heart (laughs) you know i'm like oh mom you're so sweet but it's like clearly i've had no issues with that (laughs) right you know right (laughs) as our friend james Cantor likes to say there's a lid for every every pot that's right (laughs) it's so true um but uh, you know that being said there you know i don't want to leave it on a damper no you know there is a lot of really great work that we're doing out there and like you know me coming back here there's a huge part of me that wants to you know be a bigger part of the community and like be a great resource for young trans people coming out and like i would love to be a part of because i don't know if you guys know about the youth project maybe you do please um the youth project oh god i don't know when it opened but it's been open for years and before i moved to toronto i actually ended up talking to the first trans person i ever even knew or met at the youth project and like he changed my like he just like you know changed Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. you know just being able to have that one little connection with somebody who Mm -hmm. i was like wow this is this is actually like my people i can fit in here you know so i'm hoping at some point like especially even with like barbering i would love to bring that into yeah you know being with youth and trans youth and fucking giving a little trans guy's first haircut mm-hmm. barber haircut what fuck yeah so good well dude honestly I, I feel like uh, you coming in here today and just being totally down to shoot the shit with us and and speaking openly to your experience is one of those things that will I, I hope I hope that this I hope that this conversation that is going to be put out to the public Mm-hmm. And anybody can listen to it. I hope that it's used mm-hmm. for that, you know, totally. to like to because I feel like you you are an incredible role model. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like anybody who's who is in that tr- that transition of coming out or or going through that process of transitioning or struggling to like figure out who it is that they are uh, could really use this conversation hey, just to like hear yeah, you and totally. just hear what you've gone through and, 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 and where you are kids now. Kids who are Fuck yeah, expressing yeah, that. All that stuff. I feel very emotional right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Thanks yeah, for coming in. Thank no, you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another fascinating and beautiful and heart touching, heart warming 
episode, I'm sure, which will Genital for catching. sure dabble into like masturbation somehow <laughs> and talk about cum. Sticking wine bottles with your butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe we'll play this in schools. And I'm like, wait, I, I talked about shoving wine bottles up your ass. Um, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, head on over to our social media. Here's the here's the thing, is we are, we're actually putting up some really cool stuff on our social media. If you like the podcast, great. The podcast is, you know, it's it's really fun to listen to. But every one of our guests, uh, for the most part, have written these these amazing blog posts, and uh, they're really fun to read. And oftentimes they come with some like uh, some really cool photos. Saucy. Sometimes some really saucy photos, if I do say so myself. Um, and you can find that on our Facebook page for sure. Yeah. So follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're posting that shit on Instagram. Lots of fun stuff on Instagram and over on our website, uh, com. And you can check us out on iTunes. You can rate and subscribe to our podcast there. The ratings are really lovely bedtime stories for Jeremy and I to tell each other before we go to sleep. And also, it does so much to uh, keep us boosted up to a level where people who haven't heard of us yet can check us out. That's right. Uh, thank you all so much. And that is it for this week. Until next week, go fuck yourself. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.